This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Meadow Allegiance will release Volume 2 Power Drunk Majesty on September 7, 2018 via Nuclear Blast Entertainment. The thrash-worshipping album merges old-school legends with the modern metalers of the scene to produce groove-driven, adrenaline-soaked anthems while tackling the frustrating state of the world. The list of musicians for Volume 2 Power Drunk Majesty include Trevor Sternad from The Black Dahlia Murder, John Bush from Armored Saint, Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from Overkill, Max Cavalera from Soulfly, Floor Jensen from Nightwish, and Johan Hag from on a Marth. It also marks the return of Mark Ozagusta from Death Angel and Troy Sanders from Mastodon. Visit NuclearBlast.com for exclusive t-shirt bundles, color vinyl, cassettes, and CD formats. James Hetfield is a recovering alcoholic who hasn't touched whiskey in over 16 years. But if he could, there's only one whiskey that would touch his lips. Metallica's very own Blacken. Yeah! Best one drinking out of a jarro. Blacken was named after how James described the pit of shame he called life during the dark days of addiction. Woo! And it's also the leadoff track to the band's 1988 masterpiece, And Justice for All. Yeah! Blacken's flavor was shaped during the distillery process by blaring hand-picked Metallica songs whose intense low-hertz sound waves enhanced the molecular interaction of the whiskey, thus altering its flavor, which in turn gives the whiskey fuel, fire, and that which I desire. Yeah! To the whiskey connoisseur, Blacken will help you ride the lightning. And for the struggling addict, Blacken could lead you to performing sex acts with strangers just to be able to get the opportunity to lick that sweet distilled hooch off the seat belonging to a truck stop toilet. It's sad, but true. As soon as it hits your lips, nothing else matters. Things like life's problems, your family, and career will all fade to black. Blacken, the only whiskey inspired by Metallica that shouldn't be touched by certain members of Metallica. And from the makers of Blacken, be on the lookout for Ozzy Osbourne's razor blade and mirror kit. Perfect for when you want to go off the rails of the crazy train. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Metal Sucks Podcast. I am your host, Petra Speich. I am always joined by... Let me tell you something, you son of a bitch. My name is Brandon Gooch Han, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. Mm, Jocelyn! Uh, hi, you good people that aren't son of a bitches. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. I'm much nicer. <laughs> that was a terrible pitch. <laughs> and you can follow pitch. me, Rise to Offend, on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram this week, guys, we got Mike Muir, Suicidal Tendencies. That's right. Legendary Mike Muir is on the show. His new record, Still Psycho Punk, after all these years, is coming out September 7th, guys, which is this Friday. Make sure you guys pre-order it. I've been jamming it all week. I love it. And with that, guys, let's jump into some of the Metal Sucks news stories right before that interview. First story I want to talk about, guys, we all want to talk about this story. Godflesh, great band. Everybody loves it. But uh, parents in Spring, Texas are charged with child abandonment after leaving an 11-year-old alone to go see Godflesh in Detroit. Well, it sounds like they abandoned hope a long time ago by choosing to live in Spring, Texas. I don't know where that's at. No, no. shit. Yeah, none of us do. <laughs> it might be cool. I drive through Texas like four times a year, and I've never even heard of Spring, Texas. Well, I'll tell you something right now. If someone in Spring, Texas is listening to the show, I don't need you two fuckers to bash their, Look, their lovely piece of land I'm sure it's in America. Great. I'm sure they have a Burger King. <laughs> 
That doesn't mean no. <laughs> That's fancy. It's fancy, you know? You got a Whopper, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Okay. Um, I Look, okay, here's the thing. Um, I understand. 11, okay, I don't know. I'm from the 90s. Is 11 too young to be at Home Alone? Well, I mean, uh, if we go back to the movie Home Alone, I think he was. Yeah, how old? <laughs> older? Yeah. He was younger in the movie. How old was Kevin McCallister? Is that, the, is that law? Is that I think that's the legal law in Spring, I Texas, mean, is the film Home Alone. Yeah, Kevin McAllister showed us all that eight-year-olds are very, very I was, I was Home Alone at 11. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But for days on end, though? But, I mean, was it days on end or was it overnight? Well. I think I, it was only overnight. No, no, they drove. Uh, they, they were stopped in Louisiana, so it was on days. It was a few yeah, days. So this, is like, <laughs> like four, this is like three or four days. Okay, now, I never was home alone for three or four days at a time. They're like, look, kid, I left you a box of Ritz crackers. I got to go see the flesh. <laughs> they just put a bowl on, on yeah. the ground with a bunch of mac and cheese in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't agree with this parenting. Don't get me wrong. But the parents told the girl, the 11-year-old, to uh, have the aunt check in on her while they were away. But the child claims she was not provided that information, so she didn't know to contact the aunt. So, obviously, they didn't contact the aunt. First off, like, I can't believe the aunt would even stand by this. They're like, look, she's just going to stay at the house. Just show up, make sure she's got food and water, and then walk her. What I love is, like, that they're putting it on the kid. That they're like, well, we told her to call someone to watch her. And then the kid's like, I don't know. How God, to use a phone. Are, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the parents come home and they're like, you are so immature. <laughs> I got to tell you, like, so at 11, you guys were home alone, huh? Yeah. I had yeah. a brother and he's one year older than me. So we were home alone, I feel like at like maybe 14. Wait, I was a latchkey kid, though. I was a single mom. I was so. a latchkey kid, too. Yeah. I was a single mom. So, okay, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, all right. Well, good for you with your non broken home. Must be mm, nice. Wow. Must be nice. Guess whose parents didn't suffer from drug addiction. Right. Guess who's guess whose dad didn't run away? Yeah. Guess who? It stuck around. Pete's did. Yeah. This is this is what people shame these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my fault that yeah. my parents Ew, loved each other and stay together. Still together? Oh, Ew. It's my fault. Oh. God, yes. listen to Petey's all fucking stable. Uh, <sighs> There's nothing. God damn it, you guys! <laughs> like, what do I come back with? You can't. You can't. All right, I'll just. I'll just. You're like this little girl. You're I like nobody. Not, nobody told me I was supposed to have a broken home. I will not comment on this. Nobody told me I'm supposed to have a broken. I could pretend one time. Mom and dad had a fight. Oh. Well, then again, I mean, Pete did talk about making ranch sandwiches back in his day. So it's hey, like, granted, man. there might have been a parent around, but they weren't there making him sandwiches. Here's so. the most disturbing part about the story that I just thought of: is I grew up in a town that's probably very similar to Spring, Texas. I grew up in a very small town, and there was probably not a neighbor for miles yeah if it's the kind of town i'm thinking if it's an agricultural based town and everybody owns land then she's probably good 10 acres away from the next person yeah so basically what they told the kid was they go look if somebody is uh trying to get into the house that you don't know um run outside and take this flare gun (laughs) and let everyone know there's problems (laughs) so when the detectives found the girl um the deputies arrived and they the girl was attempting to cook for herself on the stove oh my heart so attempting means that she wasn't succeeding correct yeah well i mean if it's 11 if she's 11 years old i think she can boil water yeah i could cook i I was allowed to use the stove when i was 11 yeah Okay, so now these people might face up to 20 years in prison if convicted. Um, I don't want to sound gross here, but I, I, I believe child molesters get less time. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Okay, yeah. that's that's not me making something up. So why would they potentially get 20 years if convicted for abandoning their kid at 11 in this scenario? I'm just asking. I think the thing is with child molesters, though, it's it's like there's never, there's it, there's it, how often is there like, 
inconclusive proof of that. And oh, I think, don't defend. No, no. <laughs> what are you doing? No, I'm just saying because a lot of the times, though, it's like a lot of the times it's just based off an accusation. There's a lot of times there's a and you're picture right. or video picture evidence, video. Okay. Okay. which yeah. is pretty goddamn Look, inconclusive. If there's pr- pictures or uh, pictures or evidence, then fine. But what I'm saying is, is if like if it's just one person saying like, "Hey, uh, my kid said you did something well, the, weird," and the you're evidence like, what? is them coming into this house and this 11 year old has shit in her pants, and but she's that's trying what I'm to yeah, the evidence is right there. To boil meat. That's what I'm trying to say. The evidence is there. <laughs> the shit in the pants Jocelyn made up. I Nobody up. said the 11 year olds wearing a diaper. Let's I not make that Let's up. not yeah, bash her. Wow. If I was home alone for three days and I was 11, I'd be like, fuck you, mom, and I'd shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Jocelyn would make herself a diaper. I don't relate because I come from a stable home. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. shit my pants home. as a protest. <laughs> All right. I had, I had a mom that wiped my butt. I Whatever. never had to cry out for attention because I'm peeing. Mm, so much love. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I lay in, a bed full of love. Fuck you. Yeah. Mike Muir's coming up, everybody. <laughs> yes, I'm getting bashed for having a stable home. For having loving parents. Uh, America. <laughs> I don't know. I think 20 years is too much for these people. I think, I think 20 years is a little much. But I think they shouldn't have left her alone and gone to Detroit. I think for 100%. <laughs> no, no. I, okay, no. We can, we can go around the room here, but I think we all agree that was a bad move. Well, let's see. Let's, like, there must have been something else going on, too. Like, they came home, and, you know, there's no... There bad, was God flesh. Yeah, she's using the bathtub to, for meth. I mean, it's like there's no... Yeah, I mean, there must have been other stuff going on. You guys, in all fairness, now, I, I this story sounds really realistic to me because as a parent, like, in order to go out... I thought Pete was going to go, this sounds very realistic <laughs> because I love metal. Uh, yeah, I love More metal. Than my kid. <laughs> As a parent, though, to, to go out, like, there is virtually, like, like, my birthday happened this last weekend, and we wanted to go out of town for a day, and I mean, the journey of getting everything situated before we even got there was probably five hours. It's it's a lot of work to figure it all out, to, to pack things, to do this, to do that, so... Can I play devil's advocate? As, devil's a, as a parent, maybe you give up when their kid's 11 and say, fuck it, they can take care of themselves, I'm not gonna do it. But with here's this. the thing, is that they told her to call the aunt, so there's already a relative around that would be willing to watch the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love how the check aunt, in, like, not to watch, to check in. Yeah, I want to know what the hell's going on with the aunt where they're like, look, we're going to go to Detroit. Uh, if she calls and she needs, if she has any problems, could you just go over there and check her out? And the aunt's like, yeah, no problem. Like, they, why wouldn't the aunt be like, uh, excuse me? The aunt didn't even know. Because right, that's the, what I'm getting Because at. they told the kid to call the aunt. Right. Can you uh, find yourself a sitter while you're at it? I'm just, we're going to head out. Yeah, could you surprise you the shit just. out of my sister? <laughs> Let yeah. me ask you guys this before we move on. Now, say they lose custody of the kid, which is probably going to happen, I'm assuming. Oh, uh, not fair. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I, I have to understand what is else this is going kid on. At, at like 13, 14 or 15 be like, wow, I got my, you know, my, I can't see my parents anymore because of this whole thing. Like, is it going to land back on her mentally? But we I, also don't know. Ooh, that, I just got dark. That tw- yeah, that was really dark. Sorry about that. I don't know about that 20 years though. That could be, that, this could not be their first incident with, with CPS. You know what I mean? Like this could be a, like a multiple instant kind of thing. Well, I mean, keep in mind though. I mean, they left their 11 year old kid in the house alone for yeah. how many days? Yeah, I mean, I that is a huge yeah. thing. You, you don't know? really care about your kid. I'm sorry. That's what I'm getting. You don't really at. care about your yeah, kid. Yeah. I don't know why I'm being so nice to these people. Yeah, God flesh number one. I'm like, one, they just wanted to have two. a good time. <laughs> like, why am yeah. I defending God flesh number one, kid two. On that <laughs> note, moving yes. on. So, Slayer, guys, we Actually, all know. I'm sorry, God flesh. Yeah, that's right. If I had VIP to kill switch, I would, I would abandon my children. <laughs> good for you, Jaws. Wait a minute. No, you're horrible. They 
tour all the time. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, God flesh is only in that's town. That's how little I so care about often. my children. The, the, and this is proof you don't have kids, you two, because you can you can hypothetically be like, fuck it. But the second you see that smiling face, you're like, I don't give a shit about anything. Dude, I would hire Pete. Like, for me, if I had kids, I would expect Pete to, like, take care of the kids like like uh, my friends do with my dogs. Or I'm like, look, just let him go outside, take a shit, and then let him back in. You know? Oh, no, I'd be better than that. Can you just make sure he didn't hang himself on his leash once a day? And- yeah, yeah, please. Uh, I'd let him be, shit in the tub. Yeah, Come if, he's, on. if he's chewing on leaves, could you make sure he's not doing that? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Slayer, one of the greatest bands of all time. Obviously, uh, their final tour has been going on. And uh, recently they said, fuck it, we're just going to tour through 2019 as well. So their final tour is now extending to another year. Doesn't mean that they're coming back. But by extending another year, what do you guys think about this being the final tour? I think it says this. Boners in the mosh pit. Yes. Another year of boners (laughs) in the mosh pit for Slayer. (laughs) I feel like it's just, they could just keep doing this. They could just every year be like, well, we're going to take six months off, but our tour is going to continue into 2020. Like, Well, I think what happens is, is they end up coming closer and closer to the realization that uh, my life is going to drastically change after I retire, after I hang it up. And it's Tom Araya who's, who says he still loves the band. Didn't he just, somebody just released a a statement saying like Tom Araya, he's like, he still loves the band, but he's wore out. Yeah. Well, we talked about this when they first announced their retirement. We talked about this on Metal Sucks. We talked about the fact that like, if you live like this for so they've been touring for the entirety of my lifetime, as long as I've been alive, longer, longer Slayer has been on tour and to all of a sudden one day do your last show and the next day not have a show. Like I, I don't understand how people can do that. I, I can understand where they're like, I don't know if I'm ready to pull the cord just yet. Mm-hmm. See, to me, it sounds like awesome to like, stop touring and doing all that stuff. If I, if I was in Tom Mariah's shoes and be like, Hey, I can actually stop this and make enough money on this final tour and now go do something else and like relax. That sounds amazing. But if your entire identity is that you're a musician. Yeah. But fuck identity, man. Like, like, like you have a, I don't know. To me, it's like, but, yeah, but, but you get, get you're some not, peace. You're, yo. you're an unbroken individual that gets fulfillment out of normal things in life. Performers, yeah. we're a little broken. We need that. Yeah, I, we need that in yeah, our lives. I need, yeah, like when I go up on stage <laughs> and do stand up, like yeah. I need adulation. I need t- you know titties you, and and bras thrown at me. Peach is like, hey, Snickers. Yeah, he's been there when he when <laughs> we've been bombing for twenty minutes for an audience who doesn't give a shit about us, and then the next day we're still like, I'm gonna do it again. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, Pete gets it. Pete's get inspiration every time. He opens the refrigerator. He's like, I got mayonnaise. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but when people heckle you guys, the dirty looks I give them, the whole set. Oh, <laughs> thank you. He's right there with that dirty look. I stare at them like mad dogging. And but, I'm not a small guy. I look a little scary. Well, you are not a small guy at all. That's what I mean by... Uh, by that sounded creepy, Josh. That did yeah. sound creepy. <laughs> That's not what I meant at all. A little scamp. <laughs> you are a huge man. Um, what my point was is that if that's part of your identity, if you've worked your whole life to get to that point and that's part of your identity, I can understand the reluctance to let go. Oh, right? I agree. I agree. No, and I also think uh, there's a lot of people, probably other guys in the band are like, no, dude, let's keep going. This is huge. Well, I mean, case in point, uh, our old, our, the other podcast we do, I tried to walk away and I had a goodbye episode the whole night. I've done that twice. Yeah. I did it on this show and I did it on Rise to a Fed. Brandon has issues. So he quits all the time. I'm retiring. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to make, I'm going to make Brandon a shirt that says I quit. And on the back, it says, just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The second I go, I'm done. That's when I find inspiration to keep on. On keeping on, you know, he's totally stable. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it, it, he really is. You can't be done without him. So, next story tying into this one, guys. Before our interview with Mike Muir, is that Molly Crude, Nikki Six, and Tommy Lee are in the studio. Obviously, they're 
tour is over. They're retired, but um, they might be making new records. Do you think that they are going to make new Didn't records? Didn't they sign a contract that was saying they wouldn't tour? All four of them. They say, I've never, this is how much these guys hate each other. Okay. And is, is it, and I think it's Nikki and Vince that hate. Are, are to my ones? knowledge, they all they or all don't Tom, like each other. Yeah. No, okay, but. but the thing is, though, is Nikki Six and Nikki Nikki and Tommy they 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 came up together, so they have a, a closer relationship yes. than anybody else. But I think it's I think it's Tommy and Vince that like that absolutely hate each other, you know. And it's just amazing to me that these guys have to go out and get a contract that would make sure that they would not go. All right, guys, we need money. Let's tour again. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. Like they, like they hate each other. That they are looking that right. forward in advance to where it's like they're like okay look we hate each other like right now but maybe the hate might recede a little bit and then maybe we can kind of get past our differences and do Molly Crew again they they have the foresight to make sure they prevent that shit from happening yeah I don't think it's going to be new Motley Crew I think it's going to be a totally different this wouldn't be the, the first side project you know, from yeah. either. So I think it's going to be a, a to- I hope it's not another 6am no offense Nikki Six but do we need more Motley Crew? No. I'm just asking. I'm not trying to be a dick. Well, I know there's fans out there that I'm like it. I'm not a 14-year-old like, girl in the well, 80s. What do I need more Motley Crue for? Well, the funny thing is about the Motley Crue is their last album was written by DJ Ashba. He didn't, he's not a member of Motley no. Crue. That Saints of Los Angeles was written by DJ Ashba? Yes. Oh, I thought Nikki Six wrote all that. Yeah, I don't DJ know. Ashba lives here. Yeah. I don't care. I, I mean, it's not something I really care. The record That record wasn't bad. People liked it, though. I mean, there's some stuff on there I think people liked, but they didn't tour any of it. That's another thing is the bands, they put out records, they don't even play the songs anymore when they have such a, a, a catalog. They're like, well, that's what happens when you're working with people you hate. You're like, look, let's just get through the shit that we know and let's go home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine that. Let's dance for the monkeys and And, on, and on, 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 on that note, let me do the ad read. <laughs> <laughs> Right on, Mr. Pro. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. This October, Behemoth will release their new album, I Loved You at Your Darkest, via Metal Blade Records. A crushing salvo of black metal, magistry, replete with hellish riffs, thundering drum cannonades, and soaring liturgical choirs reminiscent of classic horror cinema. I Loved You at Your Darkest is the group's most dynamic record yet. Pre-order it now at metalblade.com slash behemoth and be sure to catch Behemoth on the road this fall with At the Gates and Wolves in the Throne Room. Guys, I loved you at your darkest. Metalbladerecords.com slash behemoth. Make sure you pick it up. And with that, let's roll into my interview with Mike Muir. What's up, everybody? Hey, it's Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got the legendary Mike Muir, man. Suicidal Tendencies. We are talking about latest record, Still Psychopunk after all these years, which is coming out. This Friday, guys, September 7th. Mike, how are you, man? Oh, doing really good. Really good. Sweet, dude. These these songs are reimagined um, of your solo record, Lost My Brain, once again. Yeah. Which is uh, 20 years old, but lyrically, the songs seem to be more relevant to today's society than when you wrote it. Is that something you noticed recording these tracks again? Oh, uh, You know, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, a number of people going back a like a couple years ago, uh, conversations running to random people and stuff. They were talking about certain songs. They're like, oh, dude, you know, I remember Psycho Bike Line? And, and, you know, like, oh, dude, uh, and, and tell me some stories. And I was like, oh, yeah. And uh, but when when I really sat down and listened to it, because that's one of the things when something's old, you go like, how what what exactly is it? You know, and uh, I'm like, uh, it's like the Beatles. You know, I'm not a big Beatle fan. Uh, piss people off to say that but if you played a i couldn't tell you any lyrics but if you played a song i could probably sing along but the words have no meaning to me you know <laughs> yeah. and um 
So it's kind of like I don't sit there and like think about it and stuff. But when I when you listen in terms of like thinking about maybe redoing it and listening, I was actually going, yeah, you know, it's I, I totally relate probably more to a lot of the lyrics now than I did even then, and uh, that was kind of surprising for me personally and stuff. So it's always something's a track on there, and uh, it describes so many people to me. Like today, yeah. I feel people. Uh, they, they have a comfort and a way to relate to complaining and that's yeah, how yeah. they converse in their day-to-day life yeah. right well it's, it's got to the point that it, it, it's gone to the next level where people have to top somebody you know it used to be the expression keeping up with the joneses about oh we just gotta bought this and we got that and oh you know and people were totally overextending themselves financially to keep up with the joneses now it's keeping up with the you know the the problems you know I got PTSD, blah, 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 this, 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 that. I'm like, oh, my Lord, you know? And uh, having my son's 14, he just started high school yesterday. And some of the things that, like, people that go to his school and stuff, I'm going, these people are insane. They're literally, like, choosing to be insane, though, you know? It's yes. a whole different process that I don't understand, you know? It's like, I, I guess, it, it, it's not a generational thing. It's like, because I, I, I think it's hard any generation when you're young, you know, I, like I said, I drop my kid off at school and he just, I, I look and I go, damn, there's a whole lot of kids. And he turned and took a deep breath and right before he got out, he goes, man, there's a lot of kids here. I remember, pet, you know, riding my bike to school first day of high school, you know, that, that whole anxiety and kind of thing, you know, you, you do it. But the, the one thing that I guess maybe the good side that I got out of punk rock is don't be a victim, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a choice. You, you, you want to be victorious or you want to be a victim and, and being victorious is a long drawn out thing. It's just not instantaneous. You know, it's not a button you can push, but as long as you're fighting, you're okay. You know what I mean? And, and, and that applies mentally and stuff. And I, I really, um, uh, it's interesting it's in talking to people that don't know me from the band side and and their parents and because of the kids and they're talking about their kids and the problems they have and i'm like wow that's pretty heavy and then you like meet the kids and they're like they're not messed up <laughs> you know what i mean they're you're they're making them messed up you know it's just you're going about it all wrong and, and i'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that or qualified to say that but you know, I, I go, the results are going to be bad, not good. And, you know, I, it's amazing. I'll talk to people and I, young and they're, they're like, dude, they're just normal. You know what I mean? It's like you can't just be happy, smiley all the time, you know, but you can't dwell on that. You can't let that control you. And I think there are certain kind of mental you know, illnesses or whatever, but I think it's a small fraction compared to how many drugs they're giving out. I think that's terrible. They're creating mental illness. I, I, I don't disagree with that. And I do think that outrage is, it, you choose what's comfort for you. And like, you know, as you're growing up with angst and things like that, you can choose yeah. these negative comforts or you can choose positive comforts. But you're right. Happiness is a feeling. It's not something we live in. It's not a state of mind, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and uh, outrage is also a feeling, but if it's comfort to you, and then every little thing you see, you'll you'll make it an outrage when you you spread that message, and then like you said, that message grows, man. So, I uh, I got to tell you, man, like growing up, I had a fantastic family. My my mom and dad uh-huh. were fantastic people, but um, I'm a, I'm you know immigrant mentality. My my dad came over here from Montenegro, so it was always different. Yeah. So yeah. I always needed that positive energy and. My my dad's lessons with guys like you and Henry Rollins, I would write down things that you guys would say 
so it kept me in line, you know, um, or I'd read his, his journals like Rollins is back in the day. And I would relate to stuff like that, you know, to, to keep me in line. So I, I, I even though I felt strange and weird, it wasn't going to be scary, you know? Yeah. And, um, that's something that I, was, I actually pulled out that journal, man, because I knew I was going to talk to you today. <laughs> I had some of these yeah. quotes that I wrote down that you said uh, uh, for me. So I did want to throw those back at you and just uh, kind of see the secret behind some of these mantras. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, definitely. One thing you said that I remembered is don't do things for anyone else. Do it because you felt something. What's the secret behind that? Well, I, I think it goes back to what my dad said, so many things that he said. Um he goes, you know what, especially when, and like a lot of the way I think now is because I, my oldest son is 14, you know, in mm-hmm. high school, because a surefire way to be miserable is try to make other people happy. And when you do things for other people, it's not a matter of not putting other people on level with you or this or that. You, you should do things for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Usually um, people do things for the wrong reason. You know, the thing I've said many times, my dad said, you kiss ass, you acquire taste for shit, you know? And it's not about, like I said, putting yourself above somebody, but you have to do something because you believe in it. It's something that's internal. When when your physical actions are based on something that's inside, good things are going to happen. And the one thing that won't happen is regret. You know, because regardless of what the results are, if you do something for the right reason, you'll never regret it. When you go against your instincts, when you do something for the wrong reason, you're going to regret it. And it's going to cut a lot worse because you're going to know you just shouldn't have done that. You know, and that's where people, I think, screw themselves up the most because you'll, you'll talk to them and, and you're like, why did you do that? It's like, well, I mean, but it's hard. And you get to the point and you go, but when you did that, you knew the results would be bad, oversimplified. And like, yes. And I go, that's worse. It's something if you go down a street and you don't know, and then there's, you know, a, a big hole and something happens, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's bad luck. How can you know? But it's when you're going down there and you see all the warning signs, stop, do not, you know, uh, do not go, blah, blah, blah. And you keep doing it, you know, bridge is ending and you keep driving. It's like, why are you doing that? And, and I think a lot of people have that kind of self-destructive thing because they don't want to have control because if they have control, then they have to accept what's going on and they don't believe in themselves and believing in yourselves is probably one of the hardest things that will ever happen in life. And it's, you know, going back to kind of what you're saying about your dad, it's kind of like uh, uh, my dad put in a sports analogy. He goes, you know, you got your favorite team. If they get behind by some points and they just said, well, we're behind, let's quit. What would you do? You'd be like, no way. Why are you quitting? Fight harder, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you need to do with your life. You know what I mean? Be the way that you would tell other people to do. You get pissed if they quit. You know what I mean? You'd be, you, you know, sit there and put it in. And it's like, hey, you know, we're down by 20, but we still got a quarter. You know, let's at least make it respectable, you know? And, and you know, all the great thing comebacks and stuff, that's what that makes, you know, makes the news. You hit a home run and you're up by 20 already. It doesn't on there, but, you know, you come back from 10 runs, hit a home run you know, with the, in, in, in extra innings, then that's like amazing, you know? So it, you have to look on what's good and what's bad. You know, you may not be at, at where you want to be at any particular moment, but that doesn't, you, you're not in cement, you know, until you, you quit with your mind. Yes, exactly, dude. Yeah, dude. I mean, when I hear you talk, my dad, like he used to take, he used to be like a photographer and just on the uh-huh. side, you know, and he used to always say like, life is like photography, man. 
I don't, he probably got it from somewhere, but life is like photography. You take the negative and you develop it, you know, and I, yeah. that, that stuff always stuck with me. And I'm, I'm sure that's a mantra on some wall somewhere, but it, yeah, you know, yeah. for me, it's from my dad, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly, dude. Let me, let me say just a couple more things that I really, really yeah. wrote down that I love that you said back in the day. And that was, uh, you can't communicate with people who have different definitions. And that's something that yeah. I truly relate to today's society. Um, how yeah. do you communicate with that? Well, one of the things I realized is is now people, most people don't want to communicate. They want confirmation. They don't want to be challenged. So they just want to be right. And if somebody just wants to be right, there's, you're wasting your time. There is no communication. You know, and you can see a lot of times people will talk to me and they'll expect. And I've always been, my dad was always that. He'll he kind of play the devil's advocate. He'll take the other approach just to make you think thinking is you know it's it's some people don't like to think but it's always kind of like don't pigeonhole yourself you know don't use your intelligence to you know justify your ignorance you know what i mean it's like don't do those contradictions that keep you trapped and um some people it makes them feel comfortable like you said in various different ways but you you, you can't do that and so it, it's it's the the situation where you you someone will be like hey did you see what happened and then you kind of like go, okay, they want me to go a certain way, and I'll go a little bit of the other side, and they get really upset. Oh, blah, 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 this and that, and, and it's amazing how closed-minded people are, so closed-minded. And it's funny because it doesn't matter what side of the, you know, oversimplified the spectrum, they're just the exact same thing. They're just on the opposite side. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's it's crazy. You know, it's like Ross from Chile. You know, they had a the the dictator. On the right wing, they kill people. You know, uh, Dave's from Cuba, they kill people. They're on the left. You know, it doesn't matter where the bullet comes from. You know what I mean? But when it comes from fanaticism and shit like that, it is not good. And when people can't communicate and they don't want to hear anything except what they want to hear, it's bad. And that goes across all, all of politics, every single spectrum. It's funny, too, on the politics part where sometimes something will be brought up and then you'll see people pausing because they're like, I don't know if they're a Democrat or a Republic. They don't know which side that's coming from. And before they'll say an opinion, they need to know who it was because then they're going to justify it or attack it. You know, and it's just crazy. You know, it's, it's not politics. It's right and wrong. You nailed it with like everybody. We never respect where people kind of come from. But I, I wonder because it is all emotion. You know, all these things that we just talked about are kind of set up in society, but they're also subjective in every way. Yeah. So being right in a way's got to feel like they're powerful. There's got to be like a positive emotion to to not listening or not wanting to come to an equal ground. I I don't know well, what it I, is exactly. I think it's I think a little bit is and it's it's not an attack on the internet, but a little bit is it's the Wizard of Oz. You know, the Wizard of Oz when he's behind the screen, he's all powerful, but when they see him, he's all weak. And I think there's a lot of people get on the internet and they think they're the wizard of Oz. Mm. They think they're the all powerful Oz and they take that persona because they know if the screen wasn't there, they're, you know, they're nothing. So that's the point where they can, I'm the all powerful Oz, you know, and on the internet. And there's so many people that do that. And it's, to me, it's a, it's a confession of, of the lack of oneself, basically, you know, because you pull that away and you're like, dude, you can't, you can't stand on your own. You have to have that, you know, that, that, um, false bravado and stuff. You can't communicate, you know, you have to, you know, 
do that thing. I'm big and tough and bold and that. Communication is not supposed to be safe. It's supposed to be a Communi- dialogue. Communication is, 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 yeah, it's supposed to be a situation that, that you, you, you are challenged, you know? There's, there's a difference between uh, analogy used a lot of time, you know, um, with, an, with an artist and an artiste. They go, what's the difference between an artist and an artiste? An artist you say, has a paintbrush and you tell him, hey, draw this mountain. And you got 30 minutes and 30 minutes you come back and you're like, wow, that looks like you'd be a picture. That's amazing. You got all the little details. Wow. I wish I could do that. And then you look at the artiste and you look at the, his and he's all gritting and laughing at the other one <laughs> snickering. And you, you look at it and you're like, um, I, I, maybe uh, you didn't understand or I didn't explain it well enough. I was asking you to paint this mountain right there. I, this is a bunch of lines. I don't know what it is. He goes, I did. You just can't see it. So it's that superiority kind of implied mm-hmm. thing. It's the emperor's clothing type of thing like that. You know, that's what society is. You, you, people think they need that. And I don't. I think one of the ones is, is, is um, you know, is, is my dad always said, listen to other people's opinion. That's how you learn. If you, you may learn that it reinforces yours. But when you don't want to listen, now there's certain people you know you don't need to listen to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to waste your time and stuff, you know, and that. But I started going to college when I was 16 and I had a political science class. And the dude just spouted off in like 30 minutes everything that I wish everybody would hear. But one of the things is, he goes, it's amazing. You know, someone will they'll have a book and they'll say, it says it right here in this book and people will take it, you know, like it's, you know, from God or something, you know, it's absolute undeniable truth. And it's like, before you read a book that's this thick, he goes, shouldn't you read who the author is, what their biases are, why they want, why it's so important for them to write a book, to try to get you to have, you know, to uh, their opinions, you know what I mean? Why are they doing that? He goes, I would be concerned about someone that felt that was an obligatory thing, you know? And he goes, know what you're, spend the time to research who it is and where it's coming from and have that understanding before you read it. Then you read it and then you have an idea. Then see someone that has a different opinion and read, do the same thing and read theirs and stuff. That's how you learn because the truth is not absolute, you know, according to one person. And you formulate things. And that's how the, 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 the truth sometimes is like fungus. It grows, unfortunately, you know. And, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to find that. It's not going to be an absolute all the time. And that's progress, you know, because um, when we were, you know, humans developed, we weren't flying. You know, someone had a crazy idea. We're going to fly, you know, the Wright brothers. And when they did, there's a lot of people there watching to make fun of them. Every great invention, someone's been there to make fun of it and stuff. And then there's been a lot of stuff, uh, the whole Internet.com thing, where all these people were, same thing. They were scared to say, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, these businesses. They're not businesses. They're just blowing through money. But people, it says .com, though, you know, and, and the ludicrous, you know, it was like the tulip thing. You know, it's like, you're crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And when you try to have people um, say it, they, they get shut down because people are scared. They're scared that they're wrong. Yes, fear is, is definitely it. I, and I, I love the fact exactly what you said. You have to know the author or where he's coming from or his biases. Yeah. Like, you know, to go back to my dad, like my, my dad, he's from Montenegro. Um, he was born in the 30s, you know, and uh, his <laughs> his father died fighting World War II. He got killed by the Nazis. Yeah. And so for my yeah. for my father, you know, with that memory, he says, he, he's like, I remember he had like a, a Davy Crockett like musket and he was just going to fight this like machine, you know, and yeah. he never saw his dad again. And he, yeah. to him, Nazis are extinct. 
they're yeah. not around yeah, anymore. And it's like, yeah. and every time he said that, people would always kind of combat him and tell him he's ignorant. And he would always be like, look, dude, World War One and Two weren't fought in Los Angeles. They were fought yeah. over there. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but, and that's something people don't want to relate to is like his opinions right nazis are ex- extinct it's amazing because they have uh so many friends that are on that would traditionally be called on the left mm-hmm. and and i've seen it and stuff too where people are like going dude i've been called a nazi so many times now <laughs> that it's unbelievable you know it's like it's it's the oh, the argument it's like it's it's a new communist thing you know yeah. you're a nazi if you can say anything and you don't agree then you all of a sudden you're a nazi it's like, it's crazy. It's ludicrous. Do you know what a Nazi is? I mean, it's ridiculous. Exactly. And it, it, it's, it's, it's insulting to so many people. And I've seen it so many times where it's like, people say, well, what are you? And it's the same thing with punk rock. I, I, I couldn't say I was punk rock because of what other people said was punk rock. And so I like, I can't, it's, it goes back to that definition thing. You can't do it. So I can't use that word. I can't use certain words because of the way other people do it and stuff. But, you know, there's so many people that are like going like, Dude, it's you're you're gonna make a bunch of people super right wing because of the craziness that that people are saying, and it's the to me it's just the new communism and stuff. And uh, they do you cannot have an opinion, you know, you cannot say something. I'm like, dude, you're effing crazy, you know. Put the Kool Aid down, exactly. you know. Exactly, that's it, how it, you mo- like, mobilize the right, and that's how the right was mobilized this last time. Is that yeah? Because I am. Well, I, I, I the thing know. with with me is. Is I don't I there's a lot of people gonna say things I don't agree with that I don't like. Exactly. But I totally agree with the right to say that, you know? Yes. And I think that a lot of times too, maybe going with your dad and, and being that I, my family comes from different countries, this and that. So they have a they really reinforce that that kind of uh that view of um having the right to communicate, you know. The freedom of speech is very important and stuff, you know. And in the same sense, too, I absolutely hate the the fake news thing. And and what I hate about it is that's probably what I would have said many years ago. I go, fucking the news is, you know, so much of it is bullshit, you know. And when people don't, you know, not regulate themselves, but when they deliberately do things, then it makes it everything to be discredited, you know. And that's why I think a lot of journalism, they wanted to... Um, not educate people, make them aware, but they wanted to get a point across. And so they did articles and stuff where you sit there and you're like, going, dude, you're crazy. It's obviously that you're trying to get a point across. I don't care what it is. If it's the left or the right. It's wrong. Don't do that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Completely. Don't do it when you know it's wrong. You know, and don't do it if, if someone else did it and you change the side, you'd be talking shit. See, look what they do. You know, it's like, no, that's what they all do. And that's where I come from. The punk rock side is I just I don't like any of that shit. You know, it's fucking wrong. Yeah, completely, man. Uh, come, I, I, I am 100 percent. And it's weird because this neutrality that I, I feel like I live in. Um, I, I also feel like I'm not contributing, but that's in my head. Like, I feel like I'm just waiting it out because I'm not picking sides and I'm not choosing, but I feel both sides got a lot to learn right now. You know, yeah. And I, I, I think, I think, I think people are choosing sides rather than choosing common sense, you yes. know, and, um, you know, and also trying to find a better way. 
I, I think that's the situation. And, and there's so many, uh, I, I'm interested in psychology. I hate it, so I'm interested in it. But there's so many studies where they'll have people, and it's exact, humans are humans. They're very predictable in a lot of sense. But they'll have people that are moderate to the left, moderate to the right, just a little left to center, a little right to center. And they'll put them with extreme people on that same side, and they start going along with that, those views whether they're on the right or the left. Mm-hmm. And those are views that they they talk to them about before. They say, I don't really like, I don't agree with that, blah, 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 this and that. It's human nature and stuff. And to me, that reinforces the point that people have to communicate. They have to be able to talk and have a right to do it. And I think people need to put, um, I, you know, politics a lot of times is facade. They have to take that facade down, you know, and... <clears throat> because it, it, you have to sit there. It's like, to me, what is politics? Politics is what, 1,500 days in Flint with, with poison water? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nobody gives a damn. And, you know, it's so predictable when the uh, elections, you know, the primaries were there, when the other Republican one, the Democrat, everyone's, oh, this is terrible. But you know what? After that happened, not one of them went back there and talked. And if Hillary was president, mm-hmm. she would still wouldn't have done shit. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not, no one would have done anything. And this is absolutely, to me, epitomizes water. <laughs> you can't have water. Your fucking lame system. Something is absolutely wrong. You know, that's just, that's an embarrassment. I mean, that's just beyond, that's an abomination, you know? And so, but politically, you know, same thing. Chicago, you look at how many people get shot in the South Side and how much billions of dollars they put there. And you, and I just sit there and I go, yeah, put in whose pockets? You know what I mean? You, you can't see that money anywhere. And I go, dude, I'd be embarrassed. You know, it's, 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 it's sad. I mean, how do you emotionally just sit there and just like wow another fucking 25 last weekend you know i was just like crazy and it just you just overlook it just i don't get it that's politics is just you know that's the way it is yeah i agree like like i was saying I, i feel it's manipulation not communication you're just manipulating the people in that room that are on one side and you connect with them and then you sway them over but they're really not committed, yeah. and that's that. That leads to so many things. The one thing that it's so frustrating is that the right thing isn't some hidden message. I yeah, think yeah. in society, I think the right thing is it's okay. They always say like, "Don't do the easy thing; do the right thing." You know? Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's something yeah. that I truly feel has been lost on people with power. Well, I think it's gotten lost on everybody. Yeah, I agree. And everybody's kind of like, you know what? I think I, I genuinely believe most people are really good mm-hmm. and they would do the right thing. But I think people are getting beat down. They're like, what is what do I matter? You know, and that's when the that's when the system is gone wrong, you know, because you know what? You do matter. <laughs> that's that's what, uh, you know, that's the way I was brought up. And that's what I got out. The messages I got out of you know, maybe different than, you know, punk rock and things like that, that other people did because they got into it. So it's like, ah, this is, I don't give a fuck. I, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, you know, so they didn't have to try it. But I think everybody should matter. They should care, you know? And um, if you don't, you know, it's it's kind of like going back, you know, to how I left tomorrow. We can't even smile today. It's like, that's so negative. How can you say that? I was like going, no, it's, it's saying you just it, things you don't snap your finger you're not bewitched and twitch your nose and it changes something's wrong and, and you got to do something you know and it's uh what's the saying you know the um insanity what is insanity uh doing the same keep thing repeating the same thing over and over with different results and mm-hmm. stuff it's yeah. like nah you gotta 
you gotta try something different. The problem is, I think a lot of times in the world is, is there's so many people that are able to see people that are susceptible or need help and they see them as victims rather than as doing the right thing and stuff. And I was always brought up. It's like, then you got the other people for yay. If you do it on the least of them, you've done it under God or whatever. So then you have the people that go to the worst places or like the dead man walking that nun and stuff. Cause she wants to get her blessings. So if I go to somebody that's killed a bunch of people, then I'm going to get blessings and stuff, which is just ludicrous to me. To me, it's like saying, you know what? You don't help somebody because something good's going to help them. You help somebody because somebody you know may need help, and a person that around them may not know them. And they're like, "Well, I got other things more important to do." Well, they do it because that's what they want, you know, to do unto others, kind of thing and stuff, you know. And unfortunately, the golden rule of doing to others is doing to you is everybody's using that, and it's like, well, I know what they do to me, so I can do it to them then, rather than, you know. I mean, do what they would do rather than what you would do. And so it, it's it's so easy how you can just change a few words and and manipulate situations and feel better about things that never should have happened. Completely agree, man. Completely agree. And and for, for me, I in, in my little world, I don't, you know, there's 373 million people in America and everybody yeah. I run into every single day is positive, good. I, I really yeah, don't yeah, exactly. run into bad people ever. Like ever, you know, and uh, not saying they don't exist, obviously, but the point is, is that seeing that and living in the actual world that I see with my eyes and, and experiences, this is a great place, you know. Absolutely, and and the, the you know I, I have some friends that that um they're very in the Democratic Party and stuff. I'm not political. I never voted. I won't. And I keep telling them, I go, dude, you 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 sit there and you say, oh Trump, blah blah blah, blah. and I go, you're trying to out Trump, Trump. It's all negative. Mm -hmm. I go, why? You don't have to. If you have some, my dad always said, if you have something good to say, you don't have to yell and scream. People will, people will get it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's sad because it doesn't matter what time and people go, oh, you're anti this, you're anti that. No, I'm anti bullshit, you know? And it's too, it's too sad when people will choose if the other parties in power, they want things to be bad. That's sad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they, it's more important their, their ideology rather than, you know, um, success. You know what I mean? And, and the definition of what should be, maybe, you know, people have a better opportunities and things like that. And so you can break down that word success to attack the points that you want and then focus on the points that you do. But when you're doing it just to uh, strengthen your ideology rather than to uh, strengthen the people, something's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. something's definitely wrong. If you got a group mentality and, and you're you're doing things because of an agenda instead of yeah, exactly. what's right, and that's something that I mean we're almost taught nowadays, which is crazy, man. But uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that's the one thing. Even like you said, I, I, I meet some amazing, great people and oh, stuff. Yeah. So when they get into that mob mentality, that you're like, dude, what's going on? And I think that that that's the thing you need to avoid. You know, is um, letting that that get out of hand you know and that's it goes back to communication and willing people willing to listen because i think that's the other side of communication is someone you say everything but if someone doesn't want to hear it you know it's kind of like you know was it charlie brown when the parents talk or the adults (laughs) you know and i think that's what happens that's all people a lot of people hear that's all they want to hear 
and it's 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 continually to be sold like and that's the thing the death of the individual i say this all the time the death of the individual is really the saddest thing that i'm witnessing right now because i hate generalization i don't consider anybody black white this or that i'm pete you're mike when pete does yeah. something you tell pete this you know that's tim that's yeah, jessica yeah. you know what i'm saying like we are individuals and we all have different cultures and we're supposed to love each other and learn from each other but if you want to generalize us and the, and that's something that's taught in the media I think really promotes that you have to, you have to understand this is, it goes to, to music MTV mm. learned this. Mm. They realized that the average person, I can't remember now what it was, but uh, Viacom owns it. They did a thing. The average person listened to like four minutes or something when they turn on MTV, but when they did the reality shows, they stayed on for 35 minutes or whatever. So the average person, even though it was MTV music television, they would just turn in and tune out for the music, but they would watch the shows. So then they started doing more of those shows and the reality shows because they got higher viewerships. That's a corporate responsibility, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. because um, that's how they sell advertising and the ratings go up. And so they're following, you know, the success and stuff. People bitter about it. They don't play music. People aren't watching it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And maybe there should have been another format or something to try to compete, but there wasn't and music didn't sell, you know, and it, it killed itself by its uh, inefficiency and stuff. And so you sit there and there's a lot of ways to, to look at things. But um, I think the problem is, is, is with music um, and what I'm kind of hoping for the, the worst things get to a certain degree, it's like there wouldn't have been a Sex Pistols if there wasn't disco. You know, there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hendrix and stuff. You can, where, why did he become the way that he was? Why did he change? Even the Black Sabbath from a blues band, you know, and different things where they kind of did. They kept that what they learned, but they changed it in a different way. Why was it? It was because of the way things were, where they're from. And um, so I, I, I'm hoping that there'll be something uh, that'll, piss old people like me off you know that that they this isn't music and uh something else that comes around but you know when i was younger there was three years a generation i mean there was new wave alternative paul grock you know thra- uh, metal thrash you know all these different kind of things and variations and something that kept on going on and an alternative and grunge and this and that whether you liked it or not there was always something there there really hasn't been anything like that for a long time and so you sit there and you go there's a whole dry spell and people say well how could you do this and i said well one because I, I don't drink and i don't do drugs so i can do it physically would it do but never thought i would have because i didn't think i'd be alive when i was 30 but on the other side you look and there's the same bands playing all the festivals because there hasn't been that many new bands and stuff and when you i, I saw somebody talking about that and someone said oh there's just a lot of bands nobody's trying to find them well whose job is that when i got into punk rock you know I, I, there's a lot of bands i like people didn't like them you know whose job is it <laughs> you know what i mean it's not a job you like what you like and you can't expect everybody to like what you like and you know uh, certain people actually like that a lot of people don't like what it is and some people some uh, if they swore something they liked if someone else liked it they stopped liking it and there was people that told me when we put out a record i don't like you guys anymore you sold out because we made a record you know <laughs> there will always be someone that is more hardcore this or that but 
I, I think the 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 whole uh, music is the, the expression music is a soundtrack to life. I think it's more true than ever, but it's more like background, um, you know, uh, waiting room music. You know, it's like on a phone call. It's you're you're on hold. It's just there. You know, people are doing other things. It's not there. It's not motivating people. And and there's a lot more options now, so it's more more difficult. But we used to listen to music, and then we go skating. We just you know people, whatever they did, it was something that you listened to before you played a game. You put on music, you blasted it. Ah, you know you were in the car, you're blasting. Ah, you know it was something. We didn't have a lot of options, but it it was it was part of the life kind of thing. And now with like my kids, I hear music, but it's all background. They're doing three or four other things and stuff. It's not, it's not telling really a story and stuff, you know, and even a lot of, you know, the hip hop stuff, people couldn't debate about that, but you know, Gucci, 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 Gucci. I'm not talking shit, you know, pops. It's just like pop. And me as pop is just, it just pops. The, the words just pop out and they pop out of your brain. They don't do anything. And then there's people that try to be self-righteous and try to make their points and, um, you know, uh, you can't do that, but there's a point where something you have to you have to have something that, that, that is going to feel and ultimately motivate. And the way I put it is to me, um, I didn't like a lot of music that my friends liked, but there are certain songs that I heard that really made me think. And really, I can remember those moments vividly, you know, where I was like, whoa, and that's what music I think should be and what um what we try to do to the small spectrum of people that that listen to us you know that small general part, part of the population but i think no matter what you do that should be the the focus is trying to you know get into the mind of the person the way that um when you heard song got in your mind and there was a positive outcome even if you got in a big fight about it you know it's yourself you know but it motivated you it did whatever it just made you say like fuck it you know and gave you that little extra oomph and i think that's what music is is missing because it's kind of background it's on the it's on the computer it's this and that it's not that lifestyle thing that people identify with and um, so to me, that goes back to what I the small what I thought was important about punk rock. Recently, man, or not recently, a couple of years back, though, I, I thought it was a really cool moment, though, I got to see is you got inducted into the Skateboarding Hall of Fame. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And um, you got really emotional about that. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So explain how much that meant to you personally and uh, just the, the whole you know story to get there. Well, I, it's like I told everybody, my, my brother's five years older than me, you know. And my brother always said stories when he got his, you know, first skateboard. And, you know, back then you, you, you took, a, you know, a board and you cut it up and you got, you know, uh, roller skates. You took the wheels off the roller skates, you know, and they're just these clunky things. But he just said that that he just felt like he was that was his, he was on his ride, you know, his life. That was it, you know, kind of thing. He just felt like that that expression we have felt like you're at home. You know, this is this is I feel comfortable. This is where it's a safe zone or whatever, even when you fell. And, um, you know, so as he became a pro and all those things happened and, you know, uh, skateboards got better and the Cadillac wheel, urethane wheels and all that. Um, I wanted to be like my brother, you know, they had the Z boys and all that. I just couldn't skate like them. And I was kind of like the, the victim in of myself, which I, I I'm glad happened because I talked to my kids about it, but I felt like, Oh, you know, I go to the skate park with my brother there's, you know, little red dog, there's Jim's brother and everybody expected me to be just this great skater. And I felt like everybody was watching me, you know, and I'm like, oh man, uh, the pressure. 
And uh, I was just talking about this the other day, and I was saying, you know, if I went back there, probably no one really cared. You know, there'd be a few people watching or whatever, but, you know, I just internalized it so much that it, it wasn't fun. So I'd only go um, when they keep it open or, you know, skate around other places and stuff, you know. And so, and it was something that I, I always looked up to. Um, so many of the, of the pros, I was, you know, Jay was my best friend for a while. And, you know, I just wished I could do it and it just wasn't natural. And the story I said like a million times, you know, you know, I was falling and I was like to my brother, I said, Hey, what's the secret? And he said, the secret is when you fall down and get your ass back up, you know? And one of the things that, that I've learned from them is, you know, when they first emptied out the pools and tried to skate pools and stuff, you know, it was like, this is crazy. What are you thinking? Now people just like, when something's been done, you don't think about it. But before it's been done, it's like, why are you emptying out a pool to try to skate in it, you know? And um, you'd see them fall down. And the funny thing was, they fall down, they wiped themselves off, the blood off, had a smile on their face, and get in the line. Because they wanted to be the first one that did it, you know? And even with cameras, so few people had cameras. I'll, I'll be around some places and people doing something. I go, dude, that was insane. And the first thing you do is they skate over and they look at the footage and they're like, okay, let's try it again. Do it from the shoot from this other side and shoot it up. You know what I mean? It's so it's kind of like it, it's not saving the moment. It's showing the moment the way you want it to be showed. And rather than doing it for the for yourself and stuff. Now, if they had cameras there, they probably would have done the same thing. It would have been doing okay. Now let's do it with this angle and this and that. But you didn't have to have that kind of confusion and stuff. So you know the whole skateboarding thing. Um, it's just one of those ones where you respect people uh, so much, you know how difficult it is, even though the people do things, you know, you Christian Asoy, whatever you see him, just look smooth as, you know, when he came out and you're just like, like, it's so easy. It ain't easy, you know? And so it was something that never would have dreamed to be possible. And to me, it just makes the point, my dad always said, you know, life is like a tree, you know, you think you're going in one direction, but there's all these other branches going off and you might end up going on a different branch while you're climbing the tree and don't be focused on just, oh, I got to go this way, you know, and it might be able to see a whole different uh, thing and stuff. And, and to be able to get in the skateboard hall of fame where I would have loved to have been a pro skater, but never, no matter how much time I spent on it, same thing as drawing. I would, I wish I could draw. I wish I could be an artist, but I just don't have the talent and I could work on it and I would get better, but it would be frustrating because it's just not natural for me and stuff. And so to do that, yeah, that was, that was huge. And then to, you know, follow my brother's footsteps, which I always kind of tried to do, um, you know, made it all the all the better and then he got emotional so then it's like oh <laughs> shit don't do that you know and then they have a whole my family and everybody there so it's like you know it was yeah very much so it was a beautiful moment man even for us as fans yeah. just to see it dude for sure and so uh one last question i do want to touch on the record a little bit i know we just kind of yeah. we're talking around man but uh suicidal it has had many eras between the punk the thrash the yeah. crossover this record is in the same vein of like, you know, freedom and free your soul, yep. the same era. What energy are you capturing and going for on this record? Well, I think the first thing is you you just, it's the two words, Dave Lombardo, Boom. you know, and the way that the day plays and it's just, a, um, you know, before way back when I, I saw Slayer before they even had a record out and doing the class of the Titans in Europe with them. I used to watch Dave play and it's just like, 
dude's just gnarly. And a lot of people, if you don't, you know, he's done a lot of things, but people only know him from Slayer. They don't know how uh, diverse he is and, and stuff. And it's funny because you always go, dude, I'm Cuban. I got rhythm. I got rhythm, you know. But playing with him, you see how much stuff that he does. And, you know, each night he gets out there. And uh, same thing, you see people that have been doing it not nearly as long as us. And you see how they kind of got to cheat a little bit. And they're kind of going through the motions a little bit and finding easier ways to survive for maybe physical ailments or whatever. And Dave's up there just pounding, you know. And uh, so it, it, it's that foundation. You build a sky rise, you know, high rise. The first thing you do is you dig down and you go, well, then you got to make it more. But it's, it's what you don't see that holds it up. And that's what the drums are, you know. It's, it's the Lombardo effect. So having him there was able to uh, do what we wanted to do, which was not, you know, I think a lot of people trying to do records that sound dated. And this one's 20-something years old when it was recorded. We didn't want it to sound like old. We wanted to make it sound like it was newer and stuff. And in the same sense, you know, tying it back in what I was saying before, having my son that's 14, having it be, seeing him and seeing myself a lot, going a record that he would sit there and go like, wow this is when I was getting into music. This is kind of record that I would just go, yeah, I would listen to and I would blast and stuff and, and relate to. And it's funny because actually playing with them and stuff, he's like, did something that I used to always say, we, music wasn't was you couldn't send it on the internet you didn't have it so you go to your friend's house you buy something there you'd order it at the record store it'd come in on import or something you go to your friend's house and play it and my son has done that kind of thing it's different but he's like hey can i take this and play it from my friend i don't want you know i won't copy <laughs> this and that and i go that's that's kind of the the coolest thing uh, in music when I was younger is when you shared music, you know, when you went to someone's house, hey, I want to play this, you know, kind of thing. And now it's too easy just to send a link, you know, but it was doing that. I was like, yeah, you could take it there. Yeah. Play it to them there in person and stuff. And, and when you kind of talk about songs and this and that, and, and, you know, in person, that's, that's kind of what music to me was the best part that I loved about and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, going back, it's it's obviously the Lombardo thing. It's trying to make something that um, doesn't sound dated and um, lyrically and stuff like that. Like I said, I think it's uh, more relevant to me now than ever. And uh, I just love it. I think it's a fun what what music should be. And like I said before, I, I think something like punk rock is missing, but it's not punk rock. Punk rock's not coming to come back. It can't, but they need something like that, something, you know, to shock the system a little bit and musically and stuff. And so I, I hope there'll be something like that. But for me, I just I, I really just love this record. Yeah, dude, it's a great record, guys. So once again, I just want to tell everybody, make sure you guys pick this up. It's coming out September 7th, which is this Friday. Still Psycho Punk after all these years. Also, make sure if you didn't get the EP that was released last March, I believe, get your fight on. Yeah. Pick that yeah. up as well, guys. They actually go really well together, you know, um, yeah. listening back to back. So, uh, Mike, I want to thank you for all the music you've given us this year, man, and everything you've done for us in this scene this entire time, dude. And uh, thank you so much for calling in to this Metal Sucks cool. podcast. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.
Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting Supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PC Jabberjaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go www.rockabilia.com. Jabberjaw Media is a music based podcast network. Kyle Pavone, the singer of We Came as Romans, came from the world of music that we all know and love. Kyle's tragic loss came too early in his life and the lives of his bandmates. Our community members are devastated by his passing. We will miss his smiles, his sincerity, his concerns for others, and his impressive musical talent. The Kyle Pavone Foundation has been launched in memory of Kyle. The Kyle Pavone Foundation is a promise to serve and advocate for the musician's community in their time of greatest needs, providing hope and a means to carry on. Visit kylepavonefoundation.org for more information, to donate or to purchase a shirt in partnership with longtime WCAR supporters Merch Now, Outer Loop Management, and Equal Vision Records. R.I.P. Kyle, you will be remembered. All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard off the new record, Still Psycho Punk After All These Years by Suicidal Tendencies, coming out this Friday, guys. Make sure you pick it up. That song is called Fubar. The next song you guys heard is from a band called Live Kill. Their EP, Turn to Gray Out, is coming out September 28th. That song is called Demons. And with that, guys, we want to thank you guys again for all the five-star reviews and the notes on the not five-star reviews that we get sometimes. That We appreciate all of it, guys. The fact that you're listening, you're commenting, it means the world to us, dude. We want to get better we want to be your go-to podcast as you guys know and um jocelyn i want to just thank all the metalheads that have been following me i get be getting so many new followers and i go to their profile and it's like metal and i'm like i know where you found me yeah i know where you found me so and, and i want to i want to thank uh pete's parents for taking care of him okay so <laughs> i'm not i don't feel shame i don't oh, feel shame oh. i want to thank i want to thank pete's parents for loving him oh little little, little baby pete don't a- feel shame for anybody, his good family anybody that's been in a stable home they all know how how much work it is it's hard we throw in the towel oh, too sometimes up. motherfuckers it's hard but we hold it together oh, we hold it together up. the metal sucks podcast is signing off this is the jabberjaw podcast network